In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 175th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're starting to settle in here into the offseason. we got a couple uh, slow weeks before we get to the senior bowl, but some great football playoff games last weekend in the wild card round and we should have another good weekend here as we move into the divisional round we won't uh, spend much time on that just sit back and enjoy those playoff games i'm going to title this episode 200 and the 2020 coaching staff is not set Falcons still have some work to do. We're going to hear from, we're going to play back our one-on-one interview with Arthur Blank on the day that Coach Dan and uh, uh, Coach uh, Thomas Dimitrov, GM Thomas Dimitrov, were, uh, it was decided that they would be coming back. Had a one-on-one with the owner. And, uh, you know, we just want to play that back for you and uh, see what insight we can glean from that as the smoke has settled. As I've moved about the city here in the uh, last couple of weeks, uh, people, hey, what do you think? Why'd they do that? Uh, what's going, what's going to happen? And so we kind of have to, you know, formulate our thoughts on that as we move forward here and, um, you know, try to make sense of it all. You know, they had their PowerPoints and real polished PR presentations on continuity and so forth. But I thought, uh, and I was telling everybody at the time, that, you know, they didn't like what was out there. I mean, the top coach was Mike McCarthy. Of course, that's who went to Dallas. Um, and if he comes in, you got to tear it all the way down. So it's better just go on and bet with your people you got here, give them what they need. Uh, they got the people. Uh, they shown they could win. Uh, Grands a couple years ago, uh, but uh, uh, need to fix the line. Same problem. They know what the problems are, and they'll try to move on uh, and, and do that. So. We're going to play Arthur Blank for you, review the coaching staff moves here. And then I got a, I think this is going to be a story at some point here. I started, went and looked back at the five drafts. So we'll, we'll go all the way back to the late, last five drafts, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. See if that'll help us out as we get ready for the uh, next draft here in uh, April 23rd to through the 25th in Las Vegas. But right now, let's get to owner Arthur Blank. This is on December the 27th, right uh, after it was announced that Coach Quinn and and General Manager Thomas Dimitrov would return. Would return. This is his one-on-one interview with uh, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and yours truly. Yeah, um, how you doing today? Mm. Um, 
I, I like the five point, your five points of continuity. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, yeah, I know you long talked about, um, you know, being sustained and winning. And, uh, you know, I guess you felt this was a way to, right. to, to get you know, get back to that or, or mm -hmm. stay on that path. Right. Exactly. I mean, I, you know, I, you know, if, if we weren't playing the second half of this year the way we uh, have played, um, you know, it's one thing if you go into one game and you win a game, etc. But when you, you, know, you play seven competitive games, and, and particularly in the back half of the NFL when you're really into playoff mode and teams are thinking about that, so look at San Francisco, they were playing, they went from the number one seed to the number five seed, you know, by losing the game, say, every reason to play well. Uh, Saints are obviously playing for not only they already had to buy, but they were also playing, you know, for the, uh, they didn't have to buy the, the division one, but they, but they were playing for number one seed and still are. Uh, and Carolina at that time actually was still in the discussion for a playoff mm -hmm. spot. So, I mean, you know, you give great credit to the players, you give great credit to the coaches, coaching staff, and uh, to the head coach who did the tweaking, made the changes in his own job and his own responsibilities, um, as well as uh, move some other coaches around so that the defensive play calling was different than it had been in the first half of the season. So, you know, a lot of times you have leaders that aren't able to do that, unable to look past their own performance, and you know they believe, well, it's you know really not me, it's somebody else, etc. So we were fortunate. Dan is a very reflective guy, thoughtful guy, uh, very self-aware person. He's a good listener, a good learner. So I think that's all what made a difference in the second half of the year. And I believe all those things can be carried forward into 2020. Were you concerned about the, the wild streaks? They, you know, his first year they started six and one, balanced it, one and four. Last year, one and seven. This year, yeah. four and three, but then got hot to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, I know we yeah. talk about consistency, but yeah, uh, well, know, it's a good, takes a while know, to get there. Yeah, it does take a while to get there, and I think that. Um, you know, you want to have that kind of consistency, and I'm glad we didn't have it this year because it would have been, the back half of the year would have been as bad as the first half of the year. But um, I, I think the ability to, you know, to play at a sustainable high level, uh, and by and large, I go back and I look since 2008 when we drafted Matt, um, you know, the team is ranked fourth in the NFC and wins, seventh in the NFL and wins. So, you know, the team is, has reached a whole different level of being competitive than prior to that and so I think you know in the long view that you know that sustainability that mm -hmm. kind of consistency has been there but um, it needs to you know be a little more consistent during the seasons for sure mm -hmm. and Coach Smith's teams talked about football intelligence Coach um, who? Sorry. Co Coach Smith okay yeah um, Coach Mike Smith's yeah. team he, they did talked about football intelligence mm -hmm. Coach Quinn talked about football uh, competitive toughness yeah. um, you know Smith's teams were never penalized He's Coach Dan's teams are doing Can you marry football intelligence yes. and competitive toughness? Yeah, absolutely. Forward? And I think the best coaches do that. Do that. I, really, I really believe that. I think that. Uh, I mean, the best coaches in the league. You know, they they uh, don't they don't play you know, cream puff football. They they play with uh, with. Uh, Commitment. They play with uh, energy. They play with—I uh, don't want to say hostility, but they play with—you know—we're uh, not taking prisoners. We're mm -hmm. going to win. Mm -hmm. um, and yet, 
you know, they are disciplined, uh, so they don't shoot themselves in the foot consistently. And I think uh, that's one of the areas that Dan, I think, has worked on. And I think we had a number of penalties in the first half of the year. It's a good question for him at 2.30. Yeah. Um, we had, you know, very heavily penalized in the first half of the year. Back half of the year, not so much. And I think, with his credit, he brought in officials here. And officials were here for all the practices and were calling everything. And so we made our players even more aware of what, you know, of what is going to be called. Um, so last game we had a few more penalties than we have had in the second half of the year, but generally the second half of the year the penalties have been much lower. And just a, a comment on Rich being uh, yes over the uh, right. football operations. Right. It looks more traditional, like uh, I know Ron Wolf and uh, Coach Holder right. were together and they yeah. reported to Mr. Yeah. Harlan. Yeah, well, I, I think that you know, I mean, Rich has a you know huge you know huge knowledge base. He's been. Uh, been involved in football operations uh, for 25 years, 10 years in Tampa, 15 years here. He did take a five-year hiatus when he helped us get the stadium built, which, but, you know, even as I said earlier, during that period of time, Rich has chaired the competition committee for basically 25 years, uh, has done a you know fabulous job. So he's currently game, current with everything going on, understands the, the players, understands personnel, understands coaches and coaching. Uh, given his own background, his father obviously is a whole of fame coach um so I, I i think it'll his position up here and working both with rich and thomas uh, sorry with thomas and dan will be very helpful to them both as a support system as a sounding board as you know giving counsel or appropriate etc and he and i will be talking almost on a daily basis about mm-hmm. things um so i'm i'm very happy we have that resource available mm-hmm. uh, thanks Arthur. i appreciate it Arthur Blank, Falcons owner, for five minutes, 54 seconds with us uh, on the day. Coach Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov for coming back December 27th. Hey, but let's wrap it up here. We have to, you know, we've had a couple weeks to figure out, you know, what was what and how they plan to move forward. We're going to get to the coaching staff here and uh, we'll move through the drafts here pretty quickly. I think I want to turn that into a story, maybe a whole nother blog uh, during one of our slower periods here or before the draft but yeah um my thing was the slow starts of the team in the last couple of years i think you know the new rules are a part of that uh you know and, and the falcons uh, uh unwillingness to uh, get ready with other teams and then last year unwillingness to play players in the exhibition season got to minnesota tried to flip on the switch and couldn't do it they should have been playing a lot more uh, maybe not a lot more, but enough to, you know, get get worked up and get ready for the season. Uh, you know, if you use get some injuries, you're gonna, you know, you know that's football. You're gonna get some injuries. Got to have some depth. Okay, the streaks, the streaks have been wild. I mean, like the one and seven, six and two this year. You know, it's much like the six and two, um, then going to eight and eight the first year. Um, you know, what that says is you're not as strong of as a team to sustain it, uh, or, or to come out and go the whole way. So you got to get stronger that way. And, and I don't know. They're going to have to look at that and come up with a better answer for getting more uh, consistent with the wild streaks. You know, just the two years where the, the year one and year five were the bookends. And then, you know, last year 
they were one and four, then got to four and four, and then fell apart with a five game losing streak. You can't, you can't have those two game losing streaks. They start bleeding into, uh, bad things. So, somewhere you gotta stop them. You know, win that next week, one week at a time. They talk about that all the time. Uh, but you gotta figure out how to stop those streaks. Football intelligence with competitive toughness. Now, I love the way Coach Quinn's teams play. They don't back down from anybody. But you gotta eliminate the, um, you know, it's definitely the, the, the shoot yourself in the foot penalties. You can't fight yourself and the other team and the refs. That's what, uh, uh, Coach Dan kind of alluded to this season. But, um, you know, the penalties you can eliminate, just, you know, the offsides, the lining up wrong, too many men on the field stuff. You know, those are, those are, uh, your pre-snap, uh, uh, thought penalties that can be eliminated and uh, you know a physical penalty where you're going too hard or you're getting beat and you got to grab somebody um, you know I think you'll live with that one but but you know the ones were just you know lining up in the backfield wrong or you know 10 men on the field we saw that on the kickoff onside kick in a um, onside kick late San Francisco game, you know, they could have had the onside kick. So, you know, that's on the coaching staff, though. That's on uh, Coach Dan, ultimately on Coach Dan Quinn. But, you know, if you call in a special play like that, uh, and you're the special teams guy, you know, you got to have the right 11 guys ready to go. I know it was a special play and one guy didn't go. That was a special guy in there. Uh, and then Jamal Carter came out when they had to go regular. But little stuff like that costs you games. So, and that's stuff where during the week, I mean, you spend all that time during the week, you got to get that right during the week. So when I get to the game on Sunday, you're not guessing about stuff like that. So, uh, coaching staff, he's got to be a lot more tougher on them so they can be ready to go on Sunday too it's not all on him but uh, he's gonna have to coach his coaches better too uh, moving forward okay and I think one of the talking points they wanted to bring out that uh, that day too was hey you know since we drafted Matt Ryan we're fourth in the NFC and wins and seventh in the NFL so you know might be 79 this year but we're in the top 10 uh, in the in the league and top five in the conference and uh, you know Rich McKay being back in charge I think that's a great thing for them I know some people want to say got fired and was building stadiums uh, but he's uh, one of the better uh Football men in the league, as evidenced by his uh, role at the uh, league office, being over the competition committee, he's able to build coalitions, uh, build, being able to um, you know build stadiums. And you know when he was in Tampa, they helped put together a Super Bowl winner down there. Um, you know some is him and Tim Rusco, his first two draft picks, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks. That's all I got for you. So I think Rich McKay being back. And the football loop is a good thing for the Atlanta Falcons. So, hey, let's just look at these last five drafts because they've got a hit here in 2020. Uh, and we got a couple examples here of uh, them not hitting so uh, so big. And then, uh, of course, Grady Jarrett's been the pick of, of the draft here in the last five years. 15 was Beasley, Collins, Coleman, Hardy, Grady Jarrett, Jake Rogers, Akeem King. Jake Rogers and Akeem are still in the league. Jake is out in uh, Denver. Akeem is in Seattle. I think he was out one year. Uh, but you got two starters out of that draft. 
uh, Beasley and Grady. I'm giving him that. Of course, Collins is out of the league. He's with uh, one of the XFL teams, so he's getting ready for that. And Coleman went out to San Francisco. And uh, Hardy, uh, he's been a, a valuable special teamer here, backup here. So uh, he's a free agent, so we'll see how that goes for him moving forward. 16 was pretty good draft. That was the one they had to hit on, folks. And uh, they hit on five out of six. Uh, one is out of the league. That's Devin Fuller, the seventh-round pick. Keanu Neal, Deion Jones, Austin Hooper in the third, Devondre Campbell, who's a free agent, and Wes Weitzer, who's also a free agent. So 16, you got Dion out of there. And Keanu... You got two pro bowlers out of that one. Um, you know, even if they're all alternates, Deion Jones and uh, Austin Hooper. Of course, you got to re-sign Hooper and Campbell and Schweitzer. They're all free agents. So we'll see how that goes. Now, 17, things start to tail off a little bit. Tack McKinley, Duke Riley, Sean Harlow, DeMonte Casey, Brian Hill, and Eric Sauber. Uh, Sauber, I believe, is with the Bears on the practice squad. Brian Hill's here. He's been cut and resigned here. DeMonte Casey's been the gym out of this group here. Sean Harlow hasn't been able to get on the field. He's been a, a reserve kind of practice squad back and forth, last reserve type of guy. Uh, Duke Riley was traded to uh, the Eagles. He's played in the, in the playoffs last week. And of course, McKinley hasn't been able to find any traction in the league. He's playing hard. He plays hard. Got to re- uh, respect that. Uh, just hasn't produced uh, much there in his uh, time in the league. Okay, now 18, Ridley, Oliver, Sanat, Smith, that Gage, and Fourier Ulakan. Really's gonna be a star. Isaiah Oliver had a bumpy year as a first year starter. Sanat wasn't be able to get on the field. Only played one game this year. Edo Smith looked real promising, but they were running a little scat back up in the middle and surprise, surprise, he got a concussion. And then he uh uh blocking high on a pass rush thing and got a concussion slash neck injury. We need to check on that and uh, see how serious that is, if he's you know going to be able to make it back. Uh, you know, But I don't know why these little running backs are blocking up high. They need to have work done come in and teach them how to cut block, get these guys on the ground. Russell Gage had a quasi-breakthrough year. Um, his arrow certainly pointing up. And Foye Olakon might be the reason why they don't have to sign Devondre Campbell. But he's been a sure tackler, a solid player, uh, uh, you know, good blitzer. So we'll see how the young uh, Yale kid from St. Louis turns out. But so far he's doing pretty good after year two. Now, 19, the rookies last year, Lindstrom, when he got out there, he was as advertised, going to be a solid pro. Uh, McGarry played a lot of snaps, uh, gave up a lot of sacks, but they knew he um, struggled against elite speed. I don't know why they didn't give him any help, but they they knew that was going to be an issue. Uh, They thought they'd be able to run it more successfully and, uh, you know, help him out a little bit more that way. Kendall Sheffield was the star of this class uh, with Lindstrom out. 
Uh, he start played outside some, then some nickel. Uh, Kaminsky was hurt there for about six games. Got to play a little bit at the end. Uh, they need him to be a player. They need him or they probably, I don't know if they've given up on Sanat, but uh, they're going to need these two young guys in the trenches because they can't go out and sign the veterans all over again uh, that they're going to lose. They can get these cheap young guys out there and try to go for it. Quadri Allison, the running back. Uh, short yards guy scored four touchdowns. Jordan Miller uh, was trending upward until he got the suspension. He'll miss the first three games of the season. And then Marcus Green, he is with Philadelphia on their practice squad. So, hey, yeah, moving forward, just wrapping up the coaching situation here. Um, Deron Henderson. A secondary coach uh, was, uh, you know, released, and Travis Jones, uh, assistant defensive line coach, was released. Uh, the Falcons were interviewing, uh, have interviewed Joe Witt Jr., former coach here in 2007, uh, the infamous 2007 season, and uh, we were told that we have a few more to go with the process, a few more interviews to go. Uh, only really need to fill Henderson. Because Coach Dan's kind of taking over that assistant defensive, you know, he's the head defensive line coach, really. And um, uh, Coach Jess is with him now, so they don't need three people over there. That's uh, confusing to the rushers. But, yeah, that's where we're at here. we got a couple more weeks. Uh, the Falcons, don't, unlike the Cowboys, don't like to drop news during playoff games. So if we get to Saturday, we're probably pretty good. But we'll see if there are any uh, assistant coach hires. We'll check in with them in the morning and on Friday and then on Friday late. Because uh, in the past, they haven't done a lot on the uh, game days around the league. So that's considered bad form. But, uh, uh, you know, Dallas can do Dallas. So with that, we're going to sign off here. From the 125th, I'm short myself, like 50 whole episodes. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Take care and have a great rest of the week and a prosperous 2020. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.